I'm a little bit nervous this morning because um, I'll give you part of the story. And originally, um, and if you know anything about how I uh, weeks in advance what I'm going to add, and because um, um, I don't know if you've ever seen my notes, but I word it's in there, but it kind of helps me throughout the week as I study. And so Thursday, I'm talking about this this week. And I was like, so I read through it again. I'm like, okay, maybe. Um, so at this, and then, um, and a lot of it happened earlier. This is gonna kind of be a, you know, pastor. A long time, I struggled with some doubt, and it was kind of like, God was saying, was like, how can you get up there and preach that I can do this stuff, but yet there's some doubt in your heart that I'm even gonna do it. So I text Brittany, and she's at the salon, and I say. Brittany, I'm struggling. She goes, what's up? And I said, I can't preach this message Sunday. And she's like, well, you better get on it, you know? And uh, normal Brittany encouragement there. And five seconds later, like after she sent me that message, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm sitting there going, holy crap. What am I going to talk about? Like this is, and, and it was like, the spirit was like, you got to talk about your doubt, man. I'm like, how can, why would a pastor in their right mind stand before the church and go, I have some doubt? Well, then God was like, well, I'm about to show you. My buddy Joe Collins, I know he's come and led worship a couple times. He made a video for us for our first official lost week. Uh, I hadn't talked to him about anything. Okay, this is like five, this, all this has happened five seconds after Brittany texted me. He sends me this message, and it's a passage that he had been reading this week. And it was like, I don't know why, man. I just feel like I need to send this to you. And I never noticed this in this passage before. I didn't put it up there um, or, or anything. But it was, it was the, you know, right before Jesus said the Great Commission there, before he ascended into heaven. It says that, it says that the people gathered on the mountain and worshipped him. It says they worshipped him right there. And then it says, but some still doubted. I was like, this is, or do you, this is so freaking weird, okay? Hence, weird title of the series, okay? Something like and then, but, but then it goes on, and he, he starts giving the Great Commission, right? And Joe pointed out there to me is that, is that what he said in his little commentary of it, he goes, who was his message to? Who did he tell to go and make disciples? Everybody that was on the mountain, even the ones that were there in doubt, so I'm sitting here going, like I'm sitting here all week going, like how in the world, I'm still, not all week, all, all Thursday, like how in the world am I going to get up there and talk about doubt, and I'm a pastor, and God, I, I, like I've seen you move, I know you can do it again, but in my heart I'm going, he, like that, nothing's, nothing's going to change. How in the world am I going to talk about miracles? And I don't even believe sometimes that God is still doing miracles. Here's a crazy thing. For, and I'll, I'll, let me just say this. I'll finish this story in just a moment. But we live in a culture where you have to put square blocks into square holes and round blocks into round holes. And like, as I was thinking Thursday and Friday and yesterday, and I was reminded of a story. And, well, not really a story, but something that happened. I used to work at Central Baptist in Fountain City in their daycare. You know those little, like, box things that had little holes in them and kids would put 
Okay, there's this kid there, and he was the cutest kid. I can't remember his name, but he was one of those, just to kind of tell you my relationship with this kid, um, I was always designated to change his poop diapers. Okay, and it was like he had like, I don't know what his mom and daddy fed him, but it was like, so I would always used to say when I'd be changing him, gag a maggot, man, come on, right? Well, he got to where he was, um, where he was, he was he'd come to me anytime he pooped and he'd say gag a maggot <laughs> okay and actually one of his parents came in one time and go he's been saying gag a maggot a lot it's like i have no clue where he heard that from <laughs> okay no clue okay but i remember one time sitting in the little car we had one of those carpets that had all the streets on and the sounds and he had one of those little boxes that you put the little things in and i remember sitting there with him playing and i'm going of course he's like he's where he can talk but not like have a conversation with you, but he can talk, you know, and I forgot, I forgot what age it was really, but um, he's sitting there trying to put a square block in a round hole. I'm like, man, you can't do that. Square blocks go in square holes. Round blocks go in the round holes, and he's still trying to shove it in there, and I'm like, dude, you can't do that. Well, he looks up at me. He looks up at me, grabs a round block, and you know there's that little door on the side where you go to dump all of it out? He opens it up, and it's a square box, and it's square, a hole, and he puts a round block in a square hole. <laughs> but that got, got me thinking, like, man, sometimes in this world, when we, 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 if it doesn't look right, smell right, seem right, then it's wrong. It's weird. Stay away from it. What I'm hoping, and I'm gonna be if I was totally honest with you, this message is really for me. This message is really for me because I sit here and I sing songs like, I see you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll, you can do it again, but do I really believe that? Because for a mountain to move, that would mean to me that a square block would have to go in a round hole. Or a round block go in a square hole and this is it right? Like for that person to be healed of cancer, that's weird. You look at the like some of the miracles in the Bible, right? You look at the miracles in the Bible, and if you were there in that culture and you sat there and saw this man who couldn't walk for 15, 20, 30 years, however old he would be, stand up and walk, you would be like, man, that is weird. And I'm sitting here going, God, if you can still work that way, show me. Show me that you can do it. Like, I believe. I believe in God. I believe in I believe, I believe that you're the Savior. You know, there's the miracles of salvation. That, like that, I get that. But God, if you can still move this way, because here's the thing, I was bombarded with stories all the time, especially in the network that we're part of. Like they would come tell me stories of how God's moving, and I go, what? That goes against everything that I know. But what my, my, what my hope is in today's sermon and really the next couple of weeks is that, that maybe Maybe that we can just see how Jesus can make your impossible possible. How Jesus can make your impossible possible. And this is really for me, Derek, to see how God can make your impossible possible. Now, I titled this, this sermon, Help My Unbelief. 
And there's a story that we're going to look at in the Bible here. In Mark 9, and Joe, you're going to have to stay with me because I didn't print this out, so you're going to have to keep up with me. All right? But there's a, ver- there's a verse here. Now, I just want to read. Let me just read the story. Well, let me tell you, tell you the background story. So Jesus had this incredible moment with a couple of his disciples. They took him up on the mountain, and it's the Mount of Transfiguration story, you know. And so he's up there, and like, it's debate on who he was talking to up there, but it was two heavenly beings. Some say it was Elijah, some say it was Elisha, some say it was all, all kinds of different people from Old Testament that he was talking to. But these two disciples got to experience this, and it was like, he says, it was like they wanted to build an altar there, and God was like, no, you're not building an altar there. And it was just, it was just this amazing story where they come down the hill and find this, this is where we're picking up the story, is that there's some people grumbling and arguing because there's a sick boy there. And this is where we're going to pick up the story. So he says in verse 14 of chapter 9 of Mark, when they returned to the, uh, turned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of the religious law were arguing with them. Verse 15, when the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe. Like, can you just imagine in that moment seeing Jesus walk down the middle? He, like, he would just, maybe he was glowing bright because he has just been right there, had that experience. I don't know why, but they said they were in awe. Maybe he just floated down. I don't know. Anyways, it, was, it says they were in awe. And they ran to greet him. Verse 16, what is all this arguing about? So apparently as he's walking down the mountain, he's hearing all these people argue. And sometimes I'm wondering, like, in the midst of what I thought would be, like, things have to be this. Like, how many times have I argued away something that God is doing? Like, how many times have I said, well, that doesn't really fit doctrinal truth. Maybe that's, maybe, may, may, or maybe that may, or that doesn't really fit right with what I know to be true. Right? My experience. What's all this arguing about, Jesus asked, and Verse 17, one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son. First of all, notice what he said, Teacher. His faith was somewhere else because if he really believed Jesus was Lord, what would he have said? Lord. Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him, and he, he is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. In verse 18, whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Have you ever felt like God's called you to do something? Like if you read before this, a little bit before this, God's given them authority to cast out spirits, to heal the sick, to heal the lame. And here's one that couldn't do it. It goes on and says this. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. In verse 20, so they brought the boy, but, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, withering and foaming at the mouth. How long has this boy, has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father, and he replied, since he was a little boy, and the Spirit often throws him into the fire and into, or into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What, what do you mean? This is Jesus like, what do you mean if I can? What do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. And listen to what verse 24 says here. The Father is instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. So how is that even possible? 
to have belief, but doubt at the same time. It doesn't make sense, does it? Like, if you were, like most churches would be like, if you doubt, then brother, you can get your heart right. But here's this man standing at the feet of Jesus going, I believe, but I have some doubt that you can really heal him. And this is exactly where I found myself this week, being confronted with this. I was preparing this great, I mean, it was a great message. It was like punchy in the teeth message. Actually, I probably would have got up here and it had been like, wah, wah, wah. but anyways. <laughs> but I'm sitting there Thursday going, how in the world am I going to preach this message about miracles, this series about miracles? And I've always said, if it's weird, it's wrong. If it's weird, it's wrong. And, and, uh, but maybe you find yourself here too. You know, for me, it's a spiritual thing. Like, for me, does the Spirit really work like this? But maybe for you, it's a financial thing. Maybe you're like, I, I believe God can take care of my finances, but I have doubt, so I'm not going to give 10% of my income to, to God. It's kind of like, I can trust Him with my salvation, but I can't trust Him to get me to the end of the month. Or maybe it's, maybe it's a relational thing. Maybe you're like, God, I've been searching for a man, and no man's come my way, or vice versa. Like, I believe you got a man for me, but I'm going to do everything in my own power to find him. Because I doubt that you're going to give him to me anytime soon. Or maybe it's your health. Maybe you're struggling with some health issues, and you're like, God, I know you've healed all these sick people in the Bible. I believe you can do it, but you know what? I don't think you're going to heal me. I doubt you can do it. But like I said, like for me, it's the spiritual side of things like, and kind of give you a history that the, and this is not this is not a knock against them at all, and it's probably really not what they necessarily taught, but it was kind of what am I looking for? It was kind of like they said it without saying it, but they don't. I don't know. Was, you'll see what I'm talking about. The church I was a part of um, for ten years was um, they kind of had this this thought line that if it was the weird side of things, weird side of Christianity, then it's questionable. I did they believe miracles could happen? Absolutely. But anything that was like, anything in the left field or anything that, um, somebody would come tell a story about how God intervened in something in their life and the, and the first thing, they, first thing we, were, we would do was, well, okay, question it. And so here I am, ten years in this, and I'm, I'm like, uh, it was kind, of, it was kind of like I did, and I did everything in my own power for the service. I did, I didn't trust the Holy Spirit to lead me in the songs. I just picked some songs that I thought would be rocking and rolling, which we rocked and rolled. It was amazing. All right, imagine Leonard Skinner meets Chris Tomlin. It was amazing. Okay, um, it was, it was absolutely ridiculous, crazy. And not saying that God didn't move in, in, in this, but it was just like. It was like, don't trust this, just do this. You understand what I'm saying? But then on top of that, you know, I started, I started going back into schooling to get an education. Nothing against education. Like, I got a master's degree in theology, which I understand why I'm, like, 
square blocks going square holes, okay? Okay, so you, I, got, I got all that, and I would, I, if Brittany wouldn't kill me in my sleep, I'd go back and get my doctorate degree, okay? It's just, I love it. But all this has led me to a point to where I'm saying, if, if it doesn't line up here or here, then God's not in it. And really, it left me with a calloused heart. Then I show up to the Enoch Network, and I hear stories about God's intervening in people's life, intervening in their life. And, and, so, and, and I'm just like, this doesn't line up here. Like, how does that line up here? Nope, 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 nope. Oh, it's left field. Like, I don't know about all that. You can ask Joe. There's some amazing stories at these things that people tell. Like, amazing stories. And I'm like, why don't I see that happening? Why don't I see that happening? You know, so it started hitting me really hard about a month and a half ago, two months ago. And I'm just like, I just said, you know what, God? If you still work this way, show me. Needless to say, I'm forgetting that when I was seven, I was hit by a car, should have died. He's like, was that not good enough? <laughs> hit you again, Joseph. Okay. Or, you know, whatever. There's been some amazing things happen in my life. But blinders on. So here I go, a month and a half, two months ago, I'm praying, you know what? I'm like, God, seriously. Like, I'm wrestling with this. Like, I want to see you move. I want to, like, I, even being praying prayers like this, I told Peyton and my coach, Jason Kilby, and, and some other people this week, I even prayed this crazy prayer of God. If this is true, let me be as spiritual as so-and-so so I can see this happen. Start comparing my spirituality to somebody else's spirituality. Like maybe if I was that spiritual, I would see this happen. Stupid. Stupid prayer. Because he has a measure of faith to give me that nobody else has. It's for me. I gave him that. And I have something for you. So let me say I'm praying this crazy prayer and I'm praying God if you if you move if you move like I'm gonna say this I, I'll probably start praying this prayer like the end of April okay like God if 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 you still working this way show me okay well then some freaking girl on May 5th I don't say I just say freaking just to be funny but okay by the name of Courtney Dillinger okay I'm gonna read something to you so the next week after I started praying this prayer. And I, I normally wouldn't share something like this from the stage, but I kind of wanted to use this to show you what, what I'm talking about. So I'm praying this prayer, and Courtney um, sends me this message like the next week. I thank God sent an angel to me today, and I'm so shook. And I wrote back, what happened? In my mind, I'm going, Whatever. You know, this, I'm sorry, Courtney. This is what's going through my mind, okay? This is what's going through my mind. I'm like, what happened? Like, whatever, you know. And um, it said, I said, uh, I might be a little ahead of myself here a little bit, but it's okay. No, I'm not. I'm good. Okay. Um, it says, uh, so what happened? And I'm sitting there with my mind going, ain't no angel show up to you in your where, where you work. And she says, I don't even know how to explain it. She came in, and I went to greet her, and somehow we started talking about God. 
and how wonderful he is and how he has brought each of us through the darkness. And she looked me dead in my eye, stood up. Uh, I stood up. She had sat down. She seemed to be a little feeble. Way to judge people. And told, and told me that we, can, we cannot give in to anger. That anger is the way of the flesh. I have been struggling with anger a lot this week. And then she literally started speaking some of your message from last week, which I really needed to be reminded of. She, she prayed over me and in, the middle of the sto- in the middle of the store, and, I said, I, and she said, I have to go, and just immediately left. I, I, I've never seen someone get out, of, out in such a hurry. No one saw her. No one saw her pray over me, and when she left outside, she disappeared. I mean, nowhere to be found. Hashtag her name was Royal. She didn't put hashtag, I just put that. Okay, so you have to understand my skepticism here. Here's, here's a couple of my thoughts. Okay? Did Courtney lead her to have this conversation? I don't know if he did or not. I'm just saying. This, this is where I was in the moment. Okay? Or maybe there was just a bunch of people at Market Square, and so she got lost in the crowd. But I wasn't there. Like, why am I trying to rationalize something? And oh, I didn't. I thought it was okay. So here we go. That makes the story even crazier. So the the pastor, me not wanting to be discouraged, said, "Well, it's funny how God puts people in our path right at the right time." She said, "You got that right." And then I started to remember. That just the week prior to this, I prayed, God, if you still work in miraculous ways, show me. So you're kind of an answer to a prayer. But I tried to suppress that. And that's why I sent, I didn't put this passage in there, but I'm, I started to remember when I was hit by a car. And how that was a miracle. But there's still part of me going, Man, that's, I have some doubt there. Well, then I got to thinking, well, I remember there's that Hebrew passage that says, Hebrews 13, 2, that says, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers for some, some who have done this have entertained angel, angels without realizing it. Of course, she said that just gave me chills. But I'm sitting there going, God, I answered this prayer and enter this prayer, and I'm trying to. I mean, like that, like to any, just anybody, that story would be weird, right? Well, they disappear. What, 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 what? Okay, it would be weird, but if I, if we were to be honest, like this story in Mark nine really fits us all. Like when he says, like the whole unbelief, doubt thing. You know, verse nineteen says. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And, and it's like, what have we missed because our eyes have been closed? Like, what have I missed that God is doing around me because my eyes have been closed because I wanted to stay right over here? Because if I did all this, it would be right. I know this is right. This is the square going in the square hole. 
And God's over here working, and where I'm so focused over here on this stuff, he's doing something over here, and I'm missing it. I'm missing where he's opening up the side of the cage and putting that round block in the big square. Like, is my faith really that shallow? Is my, like, do, am, is my doubt and his ability blinding me from what God is doing all around me? Like, I've preached several times from Ephesians 3, 2 that says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. I do messages on that, and, I'm, and it's just like, I don't even believe that sometimes. Please don't fire me after all this, okay? Is my faith really that shallow? But then I started wondering, well, maybe my faith has been in the wrong thing all along. Like, verse 22 says, uh, verse 22 is like this, like I, I picture myself like this man, like his faith was a little off. He says, he says, the spirit, uh, spirit often throws him into the flower, into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us, what? If you can. Like, I don't think you can. Because your disciples, the people that are following you, that's supposed to have the same power as you. They couldn't do it. So I don't even know why I'm rehashing out this story to you. Because if, if they can't do it, you can't do it. You see, his faith was kind of like, his faith was in what Jesus could do, not in who he is. Because if, our, if, our, if, our, if we believe that our God is one, the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and he's always been a miracle-working God, he's always been a healing God, he's always been a comforting God, then who were we to say that he can't do the same now? Like, what is our faith in? That's why if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Our faith is not based on what God does. Because remember last week, if you, if, you were, if you were here in the sermon, even the, 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 the three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, I, I believe he's able to rescue us from the fire. But it says, but even if he doesn't. So we can't base our faith on what he does. Our faith is not based on what God does. Our faith is based on who God is. So what do I do with my doubt? What do I do with my doubt? One, one, I believe we pray and we confess it before God. I think that's amazing why the Father said in verse 24, it says the Father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. So here I am Thursday going, God... I believe you're able. But to be honest with you, at the same time, I doubt you're able and I doubt that you want to. So I believe. But you've got to help me with my unbelief. you got to help me. I believe you're able. I still have doubt, but I've seen you move and I believe you'll do it again. Like I often asked 
myself, why don't we see in the church what's happening like it, what happened in, Act, in the book of Acts? And I believe a lot of it has based on is that we weren't really honest with ourselves. Like when was the last time you were really honest with yourself and confessed yourself? Because God already knows. Confession is really for you. It's when we hear it from ourselves that we begin to believe it. I am screwed up from the floor up. It's like this man was confessing, God, like, I believe. I've seen you do it. I've heard you do it. I've heard you moved mountains. I've heard you did things in people's lives that is incredible. Like, I believe because I've heard it and I've seen it. But you've got to help me with my unbelief in this moment in my life. Because I believe in our confession, in our prayer to him that says, God, you've got to help me with, with this. You've got to help me with my unbelief. That's me Thursday going, I'm freaking out right now. I'm freaking out. What, I didn't, the first thing I didn't do, I didn't pray. I called some people. Talked through it. Called Peyton. Called Jason Kilby. Jason Kil- Kilby sent, told me some incredible stories. And I'm sitting there going, see, that's what I mean. Why don't I see that happening around me? And I had to realize that I had, I had to confess it. God, I have, I doubt What's great, just like Joe sent me, was even in my doubt, those, those people got the same message that everybody else did. Go make disciples. You can still worship me even though you doubt. It'll be hard. And I believe what will happen if we confess our sin and we confess where we really are in life. God's going to do something miraculous. I believe in our confession, like I believe in my confession of doubt to God Thursday. I believe a miracle is going to happen. And I believe I'm going to see it. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. But I believe he's going to answer my plea. Because here's what happens. Because I believe Christ is going to show up and show out. Okay, so verse 24 says, the father instantly, go back, rewind. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me in my, in my unbelief. And then in verse 25, it says this. When Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked this evil spirit. Listen, you spirit, this, that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. In verse 26, the spirit and the spirit screamed and they threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as the people said, he's dead. He's dead. See, he couldn't do it either. There's going to be people around you that's going to tell you, see, God can't do a miracle in your life. God's not going to move in your life. What are you talking about? There's a whole belief system that says that God created everything and just left it. People are going to argue with that. That wasn't God in your life. That was just you putting forth an effort. He ain't going to do no miracle for you. You really believe he's going to heal your son? You really going to believe he's going to rescue your daughter? 
you really think you're going to get through this? He's dead. Verse 27. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood. See, I said at the beginning of this, like, I hope that this message today and the rest of this series, that we wake up, we open our eyes, and we, and we see what God can do in and through you and me. But also, I hope that we see what God can do in and through you and in and through me, and we, He makes our impossible possible. Because here's what I know. I believe that if we step out, even in our doubt, God will show up and show out and do something that only He could get the credit for it. So that's my prayer for all of us, is that starting today, even in our doubt, we say, I believe, you got to help me with my unbelief, but I believe you're going to do a miracle. I believe you're going to make my impossible possible. And I want to share with everybody what he is doing in me because he showed up. And anytime God shows up, it's big. It's incredible. In the midst of talking with my buds and my comrades this week about what I was struggling with, Jason Kilby introduced me to this verse. Don't put it up there yet. Yeah. It's like, it's like I remember hearing it before, but it never spoke more clearly than when he, he spoke. He goes, man, listen. We're going into a new season of our church. And if you get a chance to follow Jason Kilby, it's, he's an amazing guy. He's in Kentucky. He says, we're going to this new season. You know, he, he, had some he had some struggles. He goes, but this man that he had never met read this verse to him. Like he called him up one day and said, can you meet me? At, and so Jason's like, sure, why not? I'll meet you. Didn't know this guy. And this guy said, I just felt like God wanted me to read, show you this. It was this verse in Habakkuk 1.5. The Lord replied, look around at the nations. Look and be amazed. For I am doing something in what? Your own day. Something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. I'm like, Jason, listen, you got to shut up. Because I just, I just, talked about all this stuff about how people are telling me these stories and I'm doing what the last part says that I'm not even believing it. But you're telling me to stand amazed that God's doing something in my own day? This has kind of become my verse of the week and if I'm going to be honest, it's probably going to be my verse for the rest of my life. That's like this is my Bible here, even though see my notes right there, it's, I was like, you know what? From now on, I'm going to keep it at back at 1-5. Because I really believe, even in my doubt, I really believe that God's going to do something in my own day. Something that I wouldn't believe if somebody told me. 
I don't know what that is. I got some prayers going up. So my, my, my thing for you is, what are you asking God for? Like if I was to examine, if I was going to examine, just give me like three more minutes. If I was going to examine, if we were going to examine your prayer this past week, what was you praying for? Was you praying for God to move or was you saying, God bless this meal for our nourishment? Amen. What are you praying for? What are you believing for? Because I believe God is telling all of us that he's just to stand and be amazed. Keep your eyes wide open. Because I'm about to do something in your own day that you would even believe if somebody told you. Even if I told you what I'm going to do, you'd be like, yeah, right. I'm asking everybody. I said this the first week that we started meeting every week. I said, you know, are you coming? Are you coming? Are you going to go with me? Are you going to believe that God's going to do something big? And if so, let's step out in faith, even in our doubt. Step out in it and be honest. God, we just want to lift up to you and just, just again, just thank you that you are an amazing God. You're, you're, you are a God that can stuck deserve so much more than what we should, should, should give you. Or that we could give you, should I say. May our eyes be continually open to see what you're doing around us. And that maybe even that miracle that you want us to see is going to be done through us. God, I pray that you just keep our bodies open, our bodies healthy, so that we can serve you, that we can love you, that we can be you to a world that desperately needs you, God. May we just stand in awe and amazement that you're doing something in our own day, something that we couldn't even believe, something immeasurably more than we could ask, think, or imagine. May we really live our lives that way. And I can just confess that, you know what, God, I'm sure I'll have some doubts again. But I just pray, just like you did for this dad, who probably had his faith wasn't really much because he tried everything else. That even in his doubt, you, he, you healed his son and get, restored that. So I just pray that in, in times that I doubt God, can you just do something that I go, yep, that was God. May I rejoice with people when they come and tell me a short story how God intervened in their life. Even if it's a little weird. And I pray all this in your name.